Hey guys, it's Liz here from March 4th Media Company. And the biggest lesson that I have ever learned is that at any given moment, you can always choose again. And trust me, I learned this lesson the hard way. And I'm inviting you in to join me in my book, This Is Where You Pivot, The Shift from Fear to Freedom, as I'm sharing with you how I arrived at this lesson. I'm opening up about my life, overcoming a toxic and abusive marriage, navigating years of career, health, and family issues that kept me feeling so stuck, lost, and alone, sharing stories through my own trauma that kept me paralyzed in fear for so long. And most importantly, I'm going to show you how I found a way out. You too can find the strength within you to overcome any obstacle in your life. So head on over to amazon.com or find it on thisiswhereyoupivot.com today and order your copy of This Is Where You Pivot, The Shift from Fear to Freedom. Remember, you are never stuck, you are never lost, and you are never alone. At any given moment, you can use your power to pivot, make a new choice, and start again. We are talking all about money, money, money today on the Power to Pivot podcast and why more money is not the answer. I am joined today by digital wealth creation consultant, Charmin Moore, here to share her pivotal story, living paycheck to paycheck as a nurse for 25 years to being a seven-figure earner and living the life that she had never dreamed possible. Charm is sharing practical skills to break bad money habits and identifying your money blocks to manage a new relationship with money. Are you ready? It is time to pivot. Yay. How are you? I am great. I am great. Love to talk money. Love to talk about the energy of money. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for this forum. Absolutely. I I think that's something that got me so interested and excited to have you on is because you talk it's not just paper that we're no. talking about I love that you talk about the energy of money um mm-hmm. and we'll get there but how did you come to this point in your life where and this awareness of money as energy I think I think I finally started on this journey when I was 22 or 23 Um, found myself as a single parent, broke, and just couldn't understand how I'd really gotten there because I was a child prodigy. By the time I was in seventh grade, I was in college in um, George Washington University. They had sent me to college because I had a very high IQ and I was an inner city kid, um, immigrant parents. So, you know, I was a child of promise. And I was very supported by a lot of teachers and counselors along the way. And, you know, they made sure that I got the best education, even though my parents weren't rich and they did the best that they could. So, you know, I graduated from classical high school in Providence and went to college, Northeastern University. And then life just started taking turns for me. And I like lost my way, right? Lost my way big time. And like I said, I dropped out of college and had my baby and then woke up going, what, what is really going on here? There's a lot of, there's a, a, you know, there's all kinds of parts of the story, but I remember my child being two and me having to get, you know, immunizations. And back then, you know, insurance didn't pay for that sort of thing. So I had to go to the health department. I went to the department. And while I was there, there were some women standing in there asking people if they wanted to go to school. So I was like, you know, I'm a scholar. That's what I love doing. So when they got to me, I said, sure, I'd love to go to school. And they said, okay, we'll take this form and go to this place and take an exam and, you know, go from there. So I did. And then you're supposed to go into, I don't remember what type of place it was, like a placement test type of place. And the woman said to me, um, when I walked in with my scores and stuff, she had the scores And she didn't even look up from her computer. She just said to me, what's going on with you? And I'm thinking to myself, what does she even mean by that? She says, your scores are so high. She goes, what's going on with you? Have you been to college? I said, yeah, I've had three years of college. And I ran out of money, so I couldn't finish. And she goes, well, you know, your scores are so high. The only thing I can offer you is nursing. And I did not want to be a nurse. I was not interested, right? So 
I politely got up from the chair and I said, well, thank you so much. You know, you know, getting ready to walk out, tell her, thank her for her time. And that woman screamed at me and she said, sit down. I'm like, what is, I'm thinking to myself, what is happening right now? She said, I said, sit down. Cause I was, I had, I was still staring at her. She said, how dare you? She goes, here I am offering you free education, free books, free tuition, free childcare. And you're going to turn your nose up at it. And I can't offer it to anybody else because nobody has your aptitude or IQ. How dare you? And I'm just looking at her and she just signed her name on something. And she threw this envelope across the desk. She says, take this envelope, go get your books. She said, go get your uniforms and show up to class. And don't let me ever see your face in here again. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That was a turning point for me. The reason why I tell that story is, you know, the universe always has plans for us, good plans for us. When you're not in, in alignment with your purpose and your passion, things will always go awry. That's the first tip. And it's not rocket science, but we don't, we're not taught that. So if things just keep going wrong, if things are not going in place for you, that's because you're off your path. It's very simple. I was off my path. And the universe was was orchestrating my path, so I went to I went to, I went and got the, the tuition and uh, the books and the the uniforms right, and I went to class. I loved it. I loved it. Carol Jarvis was my professor. She was amazing, and she started with patient dignity that morning, and she taught us that when a patient is in a bed with no clothes on, with all these people with clothes on prodding and poking you've got to be aware of what that feels like you've got to be aware that that that's a scared fearful person doesn't know what's going on with them and as the nurse you've always got to keep in mind and and keep that at the forefront of your mind when you're caring for them that the patient dignity is the number one thing to uphold and I just found that fascinating so I just started going to class every day even though, you know, I was like, I didn't want to be a nurse. I just went every day very quietly. And every day I was fascinated. I was at the top of my class. I helped to tutor that class because it was the nursing. The science came very easy to me. And it wasn't, it's not a very easy thing to learn. Yes, nursing is not easy. Um, nursing school is very hard, but I had a real strong aptitude for it. And my, my professor just came to me and she said, listen, I see you have this strong aptitude for explaining things she'll she'll teach she'll be explaining something and I'll say well think about it this way and everybody will turn and look at me and I'll explain it a different way and instead of her being upset about that she embraced that and she said listen how about I give you the classroom after school and if any students want to stop in and stay you can reteach them what I taught you today she said because well six she says 50 percent of the class is failing right now and I really think you can help. And um, I had, you know, I had to work every day, you know, but I gave that up and changed my hours to work on the weekends so that I could help my class. And we were able to retain every, every everybody but one person at graduation. What? That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But again, that was, I was being orchestrated, right? You know, the, the minute I, the minute I said yes to nursing, I found a little place to live, my, uh, my car, you know, everything started to just line up. Like I got to nursing school that day and Ivy was there and she needed a roommate. So I was able to move in with Ivy that day. She said, just come and move in right now. And I was like, okay, I moved in with her. We went to nursing school together. So now I had a roof over my head, you know? Um, my parents were like very happy. I was in nursing school. They said, we'll take care of the baby while you go to school. So then that worked out. Right. And, and, and I started seeing a trend, even though I still did not get it yet. I was just, the, the universe was orchestrating. I'm looking back at it now. I'm looking back at it now and, and seeing how my life started to unfold as I started, as I started aligning, as I started walking with, I always say go downstream, right? Instead of going upstream, we're not designed to go upstream. We're, de we're designed to go downstream. Mm -hmm. So wow. nursing and going to nursing school was my first, first indication of flowing with the universe 
because it was something I did not want to do. Did you feel but I did it anyway. at any point as she's giving you this envelope, giving you the instruction, like, was there resistance? Like it's, it, or did you just have the sense that it was going to work out? Like, what was your feeling at that point? Here's something it you don't want to do. And- <laughs> I tell you that I was, she shocked the living daylights out of me. I was too embarrassed to do anything. I, I didn't feel any resistance. I didn't feel, you know, because sure, you could have wrote, risen up and gotten angry and said, how dare you talk to me like that? But there was just none of that. I think I was defeated enough where if somebody was trying to help me, even though it didn't feel like it, it was a very, a very nice way. I just, I just exhaled. I just exhaled and I just accepted the gift. And that's interesting, right? Like it, that was your moment where you could have said, well, how dare you? And you could have fought, right. but that acceptance and you were ready for that to receive. And yes, that opened up a whole new world for you. It did it beyond anything I would have ever imagined in life because it just started just unfolding after that. When you were standing at graduation, what were you thinking Uh, or what were you feeling? I was so overwhelmed. I was so overwhelmed with gratitude. I'm, I'm, I'm emotional now. Just, I can, I can, I can see it right now. I was so overwhelmed with gratitude. I looked back at, at everything that had occurred and I was so thankful to everyone and to every circumstance I had been through that that whole year and before, I just I was just I was just overcome with gratitude. And and Mrs. J, she she stood there and she put my cap on my head. That back back then you still wore caps, and my pin. And she said, "Well, charm." She goes, "This is it. You did it." And because she uh, she would give us she gave us a poem about, you know, don't ever quit. You know, when things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when everything used to go seems uphill. Right. When the debts are high and the funds are low. And, you know, that I remember parts of the poem, but she gave us that poem and she would read it to us every day, every day before we would do class. Right. I was just overwhelmed with gratitude on graduation day. Mm. Overwhelmed. Amazing. Overwhelmed. So then you go into a career in nursing. <laughs> yes. What I go into a career next? of nursing. After I go into a career of nursing, I'm thinking, okay, no more money problems. Everything's going to be great. All is well. And that is not true. <laughs> because until you understand money wounds or whatever that is, I call them money wounds. Until you understand that, and that's it came to me years later. You're on this path of this, I call it just a, a looping cycle of you, you make some money, you think you're good, something else happens, you lose money. You know, it's just a, a cycle. And I was sick and sick and sick and tired of the cycle. But I didn't know any different. So I'm work, I'm just working as a nurse. I'm working all over the place. That's another thing I learned about myself was I didn't necessarily like being in a hospital in one place. I loved being all over the place. Thank good for nursing. Thank goodness for nursing because you can do a lot of different things. I found myself on every floor. Like I learned to work, I learned to do ICU, neuro, ortho, cardiac. So they could call me and say, Charm, go up to the cardiac floor today. Charm, go down to the neuro floor. Go to the diabetic floor. Go to the oncology floor. And I could work all the different floors. So that was the first thing I learned about myself is that I liked the variety. Then I started saying, okay, well, let's, let's, let's do something else. So I started doing hospice, loved the hospice. Then I started doing case management, loved that. Time's going on. Um, so I started just working PRN all over the place. Then I decided, yes, let's go and be a travel nurse. So 10 years in now, 
I'm in, I'm doing travel nursing. I'm going to California. I got out there one time though, and got very, 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 very ill, very ill. And had to come back home to Georgia and figure out what was going on. Go to the doctors and they do a lot of tests and they say, you've got lupus. And I was like, lupus, that doesn't even compute. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not believing it. I'm just not believing it. And there were three doctors in the practice, three female doctors, and they're all going back and forth. Yes, I think it's lupus. No, I think it's this. No, it's rheumatoid. No, it's this. And the, there was one doctor named Dr. Gregory. And she said, let's just stop this right now. We are not claiming this type of illness on this, on this young, healthy woman. We're not going to do that. She says, I'm going to look for what is really wrong with her. She says, but I'm not claiming that. And I'd never heard a doctor speak like that before. Mm -hmm. Western medicine, I'd never heard anybody talk like that. And she said to me, I need to draw your labs. She says, I'm going to draw them myself and I'm going to send them off. I have a hunch about something. And she drew my labs and she called me back a couple of days later because I couldn't walk. I, I didn't have my, all my joints were inflamed and in pain. I couldn't lift a jug of milk. I mean, I was just very, very ill, fatigued. I'd have to crawl to the bathroom, crawl, and I'd have to sit down in the shower to shower because I didn't have any energy. And she called me back and she said, listen, you've got CMB. She said, you've got cytomegalovirus. It's, it's a virus that you get when your immune system is compromised. And she said, where were you working when you were in California? I said, I was working on the transplant floor. She goes, that cytomegalovirus is very common for transplant patients because they're immunocompromised. Since you were out there, not on your time zone, working nights and everything else, she said, you just contracted it. She said, so we're going to start you on antivirals. One year of antivirals, one full year, but it cured me. It cured me. And during that time, while I was lying in bed and could not work, could not work. Remember, nursing is very, very physical. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm lying in this bed. I'm going to go into foreclosure. They're going to come get my car. They're going to come. They're, everything that I own is going to be gone in a flash because I cannot work. I can't leave this bed. And I remember saying to spirit, spirit, what are we, am I here to do? If you're going to knock me out of working, there's obviously something else you have for me because this is not the way I'm going to go out. I can't, I can't see this. You obviously have a plan for me. What am I here to do? What am I? Who am I? What, 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 what? And I heard the voice very clearly say to me, you're a life coach. And I thought to myself, a life coach, what, 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 what is that? And the <laughs> spirit said, Google it. I said, Google it. And I'm like, uh, okay, because I really had never heard the word before. Mm -hmm. This was 2005. I had not heard the word before. So I, I go up, I go on the computer and I look, because of course I had it in my bed. I had everything in bed. I was, <laughs> and so I looked it up and immediately pops up the Life Purpose Institute. And it says, if, you, uh, if you're interested in this, take a quiz and see if you have an affinity for this work. So I took the little quiz online and um, you know, I, it, the score said, you have a very high affinity for this type of work. Um, one of our, you know, people will get in contact with you. And I got a call and I got a call from Fern Gorin and she was the uh, CEO of the Life Purpose Institute. And she said, would you like to become a, a life coach? And I said, sure, I, I, I would. I don't know what it is yet, but I would love to become one. She goes, okay. She goes, well, you know, we, we have classes every Tuesdays and Thursdays. And the, the, the course costs 2,500. Well, I didn't have 25 cents, never mind 2,500. And I said to her, well, that was very sweet of you, um, but I, I can't do that because I don't have the money. And she stopped for a minute and she said, you know what? I want you to take it anyway. She said, you just pay me whenever you can someday. And I said, are you serious? And she said, yeah. She said, whatever you can pay, when you can pay, you pay, she says, but I just have a sense that you really need to take this class. So I was like energized from my bed. She sent me the manuals. They came and I started 
doing my certification for being a life coach. And the powerful thing about that is you have to be coached in order to, in order to learn how to be coached, right? Learn how to coach. You have to be coached. So I got the best, the deepest dive into me, who I was, what made me tick, what my, I want, I want to, what my challenges were. And one of the things I learned, I had, you know, I was a, a procrastinator. I, I also um, had a deep fear of rejection, you know, and I would get coached around that. Where did that come from? A lot of these things come from childhood. We learned about the life wheel and the life wheel. You know, we all have the life wheel, career, you know, finances, spirituality, you know, relationships, you know, your, your, your life wheel. What does your life wheel look like? And I never forgot that life wheel because I had several areas in that life wheel that were deficient. And what we were, what we were, what we learned was when you start to strengthen each part of that pie, because it's a pie, right? When you, when you strengthen one pillar, it starts to stabilize the others. All right. So I'm working on quite a few areas of that pie during that whole year that I was in class. And one of the biggest ones that I wanted to crack was money. I wanted to understand what was going on with money. I knew there was something wrong. You know, I didn't accept that, you know, you just make money, spend it, and you just never have enough. I, mm -hmm. that didn't, it wasn't congruent for me, but I didn't know anything else until I went to the millionaire mindset, um, the, the millionaire mindset camp. And they also talked about the money blueprint. And I learned that as a child, the, what my parents handed down to me, their money habits, their money wounds, they handed them down to me. Money doesn't grow on trees. You know, I'm not made of money. You know, the, there aren't streets of gold, all that stuff that we learn. And we take that on and we give our, and we actually create our own ceiling. We create our own money stories. And when we create our own money stories, that's what we live by. That's what we get. Money for me was a source of pain because my parents always argued over money, always. So I wanted to have nothing to do with it subconsciously, but I didn't know it. So as much as I'm saying I want money, subconsciously, I'm saying I don't want to have anything to do with it. So as long as you do that, you will never have it. So I did, know, did, I did not know then that subconsciously I was telling myself, I want to have nothing to do with money. It, I just didn't like it. So I avoided it. I avoided paying the bills. I avoided looking at checks. I avoided the bank account. And I would not open up my bank account and look in it. I avoided it at all costs. Mm. So what I had was it to... like when you, like that light bulb moment for you when you're realizing this, like oh, man. that had to be both scary and like, I'm thinking about how I would feel in that moment, yeah. but like yeah. anger, fear, like confusion, but also liberating at the same time. I felt at that point. I only felt liberated. Oh, okay. I only, finally, I had an answer. Finally, I had an answer as to what was going on. Why was I always broke? It was the most liberating thing I'd ever felt. I, I I was not unhappy. I was not fearful because I knew that if somebody would just give me the key to crack this code, I would work like anything to to rewrite the 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 the, the voices in my head, the subconscious, rewrite all those old programs. I would do whatever I had to do to rewrite those old programs and retrain that subconscious for for growth for abundance, for prosperity, I would, I, whatever I needed to do, now that I understood that what was going on, I was going to do, I was going to do everything I could to rewrite that. So for me, it was nothing but liberation. Like, That's aha. So powerful. So powerful. Yeah. And I started, I, I went at lightning speed. I got floral, I got Florence Scovel Shin, The Game of Life. Um, 
because I went to a, one of those meetup groups, uh, a law of attraction meetup group, and the gentleman was sitting next to me and he said, Charmin, you need to read Florence Scovel Shin. She's going to change your life because you're, you have that, your, your belief system around the Bible. Like I loved the Bible, the book of the Bible. I loved it and I knew it very well. I was raised, I was raised Christian. And even though I don't subscribe to it like that now, I still love the Bible. And Florence uses the Bible as her way to bring forth some of the, the ways to impress the subconscious, you know? And uh, so it, he said, I think it's just going to be a great fit for you. I also loved Louise Hay. I loved Wayne Dyer. So I started flooding my subconscious with these new, new thoughts, affirmations, meditations, night and day, night and day. I never stopped. You know, I was able to go back to work. And when I went back to work, it's a long drive to work. So I'd have all kinds of things playing in the car, meditations in the car, prosperity CDs in the car. I know that I listened to, to Florence at least 50 times and read the book 250 times. That's just that. I watched The Secret 50 times. I, <laughs> I mean, the meditations, I would say them constantly, constantly. And I did it nonstop for seven years, nonstop. I would write affirmations and hang them up on my walls everywhere, in my bedroom, in my bathroom, in the living room, in the kitchen. I have two children and they're, they're, they're 37 and 28 now, but um, <laughs> they said, mom, we always knew when we started seeing all of these papers going up on the walls, we we're like, oh, here she goes. Ah. You know? <laughs> here she goes, you know, and my children are very, very, um, they're magical, you know, because of that, right? I, you know, I, I literally infuse that into them. So they don't think their mother's weird uh, oh, anymore. No. <laughs> I um, don't think they have a weird mommy. That's funny. Well, I think about all that they learned from you in the process, like about their money story and like, mm -hmm. did you changing yours immediately? Like they're, they're changing theirs at the same time. Yes, they are. And yes, they are. That's so powerful like when you think about how you're raising your consciousness but you're also healing them at the same time yes yes exactly and I didn't see that then you know I didn't see it that way then but I you know now that I'm looking at them and the, with their own lives now I'm going okay yeah that's exactly what happens you know um it was once I started once I started doing all these things that I'm talking about Miracles just kept on happening. I mean, big ones, big miracles just kept happening. Um, you you know, when you start living from that space, you don't have to have money. You what happens is you meet people that are that influence your life. You meet people that have money that take an interest in you. You know, you have reparation. Like, you know, they were foreclosing on my house, but I was paying the mortgage. And it was just a nightmare. You know, it was just a nightmare. And at one point I got a call saying your house is being sold on the courthouse steps today. And I ran down to the courthouse. And when I went down there, there, there are people standing on the courthouse steps. That's actually a real thing, wow. you know, and they're standing there and they're bidding on different homes. But what was strange was there was a man standing outside of the crowd screaming at the top of his lungs and he was screaming all of these words you know and and he had a book in his hand I couldn't see at first what it was but he had a book in his hand and when I when I finally walked up and could see really well he had a bible in his hand but he had it like almost he was holding it and he was holding it out to the side but he was reading verbatim every word in it but he wasn't looking in it like he knew it word for word which was just so strange and so I'm looking at him and I'm looking at all of them bidding and I'm looking at him and I'm looking at them. And then all of a sudden he stops and he, and he looks directly at me and he had these piercing blue eyes. He had looked directly at me and he nodded at me and he just nodded his head at me. And then he turned away and started reading again, which he wasn't reading. 
And I remember thinking, what a strange, it gave me goose pimples. And I remember just going back home because I didn't know what to do with any of that. I just wanted to see if what they were saying was true. And it really does happen. They stand on the courthouse steps. I went back home and I was really rather calm. I don't know why, but I was really calm. I went back home and went about my day. I think I just cooked something that day. The next day I get a call saying, you're you're uh, from Bank of America, I think it was, one of those people saying, your house didn't sell, would you like to keep it? And I said, yeah. And they said, well, we realize that you got caught up in some red tape. So we just want you to come down to the office downtown Atlanta, meet with this gentleman. They're going to straighten it all out. And I said, okay. So I went down, met with this gentleman. And when I tell you within a flash, they had redone the loan, taken off everything off my credit and started sending me checks in the mail, lots what? and lots of checks for the next, like, I like it had to be like the next 20 weeks. I just kept getting different checks. A thousand here, 3000 there, 2000 here, 1000 here, 3000 here. It was insane. All this reparation, just reparation. I could never have explained it to anybody. That's exactly what happened. And I was able to save the house and I saved it and I sold it later. I saved I later later I sold it for three times I ever paid for it. What? Oh my god. Three times what I three times what I paid for the house. I was able to sell it for three times what I paid for it. It that one house, that one house made me rich. That's incredible. One house, that one house. I bought another one and another one. I mean, I, when I tell you, when you start to come into alignment, there are four money types. The money monk feels like money is bad and terrible. Money is evil. The money avoider, which is me, which I am a, I am a reformed money avoider. <laughs> the money spender and the money hoarder. Okay. Yeah, I call it mash, a mash. The monk, the avoider, the spender, and the hoarder. There are four money types. And I uh, teach people what their money type is. Are there and different techniques from there. to like, to not to combat, but like to yeah. get to the other side of each one? Yeah, because they're all different. They come from a different place. So yes, there are different techniques. But the nuts and bolts of, of you know, uh, managing your bank account and looking at your money and developing a relationship with your money is the same, but yeah, the techniques have to be different because the hoarder is a is is a person that they have money, but they won't spend it, they won't circulate it, not even on themselves. Think of Scrooge. Gotcha. Think okay. of Ebenezer Scrooge, right? Think of him. He's a very good example of a hoarder, and he did not have a good life, right? He did not have a good life. Think about Ebenezer Scrooge. His life was miserable. He had no relationships. Nobody liked him. Nobody but wanted to be around him. He was a he, he wouldn't spend his money. He, the, the, you know, Tiny Tim was dying. He was going to let him die, and it was his nephew. They can't part with their money. They can't. They can't see themselves um, circulating it. That's a whole different way of uh, different techniques to help that person. But awareness is key. Awareness is key. How does one start to become aware of it? Like if you, what, what, if you had to give like a little tip for that person who's struggling with money is going like ready to throw their hands up in the air and say, I, mm-hmm. I give up. I can't do it anymore. What do you say to help them bring that awareness? Well, they, they are aware, right? They just, they, you just said it. So they are aware, but are they ready to do something about it? There are too many people that are, you know, broke or whatever, whatever term you want to use in this moment, but they've accepted it. And so 
they just say, this is my lot. This is it. I'm just going to live like this. But what I'm saying is this is an abundant universe and we're part of the universe. Look at all the abundance, the, look at all the abundance, look at the flowers, the trees, the, they're abundant, right? We are just as abundant. Abundance is our birthright. If you believe that, then you can start to hone it. It belongs to you. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to beg for it. It is actually yours. You have to accept it. Once you accept it, you say, okay, well, then I want to flow with the universe because right now you're flowing against the universe. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you are literally flowing against what is for you. You have to start looking in the direction of what is for you. Then you start thinking, well, it, am I actually working in the job I'm supposed to be working in? Am I actually in the flow of where I really should be? Because remember, I didn't want to be a nurse. But that's what the universe was telling me. You're a healer and we want you to start here. I didn't fight that. Once I, once I decided to go with that flow, it, it was an absolute win. You know, so even in my course, I, there's a whole chapter on, are you actually doing what you're called to do? Because your gifts make room for you. Your Ooh, calling makes that. room for you. Yes, your calling makes room for you. You know, so are you actually doing what you're called to do? Because that is where the secret is, you know? So I became a nurse and I became a life coach. And those two together have taken me straight up, have taken me straight up. One of them I didn't want to do, but decided to flow with the universe and realized that I did want to do it and that I love it and that I have a natural aptitude for it. I've been nurse of the year two or three times in my career. So I, it's not just, I didn't just decide, okay, well, I'll be a nurse. No, I said, I got a gift to become a nurse. Let me really put my whole heart and soul in this. And when I did that, I was rewarded with, you really did want to be a nurse all along. You just didn't know it. You had a misconception of what it is. You didn't know. All I had, all I knew was nurses changed bedpans. I didn't want that, but it was so much more than that. I feel like there's so many things that that experience taught you to prepare you for where you are now. Like there's oh yes the 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 compassion, the, yes. the patience, the just a sense of understanding of that person yes. who's trying to be vulnerable for you with you in the moment. Yes. Um. So it's interesting, like listening and learning about this and seeing those pieces sort of weave together exactly that's exactly what happened they weave together over time and i realized that i had an affinity for money to 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 really go back to your earlier question you know here i was here i was broke living out of my car as a 22 year old single mother right so of course money was at the forefront of my mind i don't have enough money Years later, the, the joke from the universe is you're going to be an expert on money and you're going to help free people from that because now you know it intimately on every level, you know, intimately on every level. So it's um, I love to teach people how to get out of the rat race of paycheck to paycheck. It's just a punt play on the words, but I, I, I know how to do it intimately now because I was there. And it's one of the pillars, but once I stabilized money, everything else started to stabilize. My spirituality, my relationships, you know, my career. Oh my God, my career went straight up <laughs> because I always wanted to get into the pharmacology, phar the pharmaceutical industry mm -hmm. since I was younger, right? And, the, you know, it's a very, very sought after industry, but you can't get in. So I'm out in California uh, working on the floor as a nurse. And um, I had a really great recruiter and he wanted to try to keep me going out there, but I wanted to come home to Georgia. I was tired of working out West. So I said, you know, this is the last contract I'm not doing anymore. So he calls me up one early one morning. He goes, I've got a new project. It's a new type of nursing that I need you to learn how to do because, you know, you're a leader and I want you to, you know, help build this out for me. I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. I don't, I'm not interested. I am not interested in learning anything new. At this point, I was 45. I'm like, I'm not interested. I'm old. He goes, Charming, you're not old. Come on. He says, come on. I said, no, I'm not doing it. 
hung up the phone. So he keeps calling me every couple of days to try to convince me. If anybody knows me well enough, don't call me at 5 a.m. because I am not a morning person. So he <laughs> called me at around 5, 5 a.m. And I was like, I'll do it. Just get off the phone. Just let me sleep. So I find myself back out in California because that's where you had to go learn this skill. And it was apheresis. It was the uh, the capturing, harvesting of the white cells of patients to build cancer vaccines. Oh. So that's that's what I went out there to do. So I was out there for six months learning how to do this cool new thing. So once I was done, then I was going around the country opening up centers to, to do this, um, this, this uh, harvesting of cells and making these cancer vaccines. And I was supposed to be able to open up the one in Atlanta. Well, it, when the time came, the Atlanta center decided they weren't going to open. So here I am stuck in Memphis, Tennessee, working, doing this um, apheresis. And a nurse comes in to audit me because they have to audit every six months to make sure that, you know, the machines are compliant and you're compliant and you're doing everything you need to do. And the nurse says to me, man, she goes, you're really good at this. And the patients were raving about how nice I am to them. And she goes, you're really good at this. You need to come work for us. And I was like, oh, no, you know, I don't know how to do that. And she said, I didn't ask you that. She said, I just need your resume. She says, we have an opening in Florida and you could live in Georgia and, and uh, still do this job for the pharmaceutical company. So I was like, okay. She said, so send me a resume. I said, okay. I never did. I didn't send it. About three weeks later, I get a call and she says, didn't I tell you to, she didn't even say hello. She just started commencing to screaming at me. Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh my God, here's that guy. Here's this again. <laughs> so she says, I told you to send me your resume. Now send it right now. I'm not, I'm not playing around. I'm really interested in you coming and working on the floor of the team. So I said, okay. So I sent her my resume. She walked it into Seattle. They flew me into Seattle and they gave me the job on the spot in the pharmaceutical industry. Oh my God. When I tell you that is a game changer, a game changer. Like I used to always work two or three jobs, right? You don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> six figures overnight. Six figures overnight. That's incredible. One job, six figures overnight. Walked me right in. Everybody else's story on that in, in that company was they had to interview for nine months and wait for nine months to get the job. They walked me in and instantly overnight, mm. I was given the job. And I worked at that company for 10 years and I was promoted to national director during that time. Your story gives so much hope and like, just, it's possible. Like, look yes, it at is. what's possible. It's possible. And what I'm saying is, it's, it, it's the miracles start to, the miracles start to come when you align yourself with the universe. And, and it, it takes surrender to do it. And you've heard me say, I had to surrender. Twice you've heard me say, this woman said, I'm going to give you nursing. And I did not want to do that. I had to surrender. And when I did, I loved it. This other woman comes in and she says, I, I, and really what it was for me, why I didn't want to give my resume is because I'm an, you know, I got my, my associate's degree in nursing, not my BSN because I didn't have time because I had a child. So there's part of me that always says, oh, well, I've got an associate's degree, but I have I have a master's degree, a PhD in experience at this point, right? So I, I, I just, it was pretty much just maybe embarrassment or whatever, why I didn't want to give her my resume. But she goes, I don't, she says, you don't understand. You're talented. She said, she says, you're gifted at this. You're good at this. She said, you need this job and I'm going to make sure you get it because we need you here. And then she said, on top of that, we need a life coach on this team. And she said, and I saw your resume, you're a life coach. So when she, when, when they walked my resume in, that's one of the first things they said, they loved that I was a life coach. And so they gave me the job, but I rose to the top of that company because of all the other talents that I have, but mostly because I was in the flow spirit always you know I did so much good in that uh company before I left there and I'm proud of 
all the people that I've met and the people that mentored me while I was there and the people that I mentored while I was there. I was aligned with so many powerful, wonderful people that taught me things, taught me about stocks and crypto and stuff like that. What happens is you start to attract people in your life that change your life. Mm -hmm. And that in turn translates into wealth and abundance and prosperity of all kinds. You, you said the S word, <laughs> surrender. <laughs> um, yes. And that looks different for everybody, right? Like I've heard. Yes, it does. Gabby Bernstein, yes, it does. you know, on the floor, on her knees, uh, surrendering, right? And, and that was yeah. her surrender yeah. and, and listening to yeah. your story, that moment of, you know, the woman calling you and yelling at you and the woman in the office yelling at you <laughs> to go to school and, <laughs> Um, right. that was your surrender moment. What is it yes. about surrendering that makes that such a powerful point for us to change our lives and to align? Oh my God, man, what a good question. Surrender. It feels like one thing. It feel surrender feels like you're giving up your will and your, and your rights and your, you know, you're, it, it, it feels in, yeah, it feels like you are, my God, you know, like you, you asked me and you said, did that, what did you feel? Did I feel anger or whatever at that moment? I said, no, I, you know, you, you feel like a kid. You feel like somebody that at that point has no, no rights, no, no, nothing. Right. But what it is, is you're actually you're actually getting out of your own way. Mm. Surrender means to me, get out of your own way. I was in my own way. And this woman said to me, out of your way, I have something for you. And the other woman said, get out of your way. I have something for you. And that's what surrender is for me. People will see greatness in you that you don't see in yourself. So get out of your way and let them have this because you don't clearly you don't have it. Mm. So somebody's trying to guide you somewhere good. Stop I, fighting the universe. Yeah. And it feels good to let that in. Yes. Yes. And that's like when you think about the struggle and that resistance. And once you allow that the surrender into your life and then yes. you allow yourself to be guided like there is a completely different feeling about that entire exchange yes yes when you get out of your own way it feels good it does it, it you wouldn't think that it would but you're like phew thank goodness charmin was really in my way but I'm glad she got out of the way because I couldn't hold, I couldn't carry all those balls anymore. Anyway, I'm trying to, you know, I got them all. somebody saying, listen, give me some of those balls. You don't have to juggle all of them. I've got a nursing scholarship for you. Get out of the way. You can, I can, I, this, this, this amazing job. It's for you. You don't need to work on this floor and you don't need to do this and you don't need to do that. I've got something better for you. Get out of the way. Let me give it to you. Let them give it to you. Right. <laughs> I think there's so many people that haven't accepted the gifts from the universe and they still, that's why they're still struggling. I think, do you think it's, they haven't let themselves surrender or do you think they just have not accepted that the universe and manifestation is real? Like we have, there's like, I feel oh, like yeah. there's two, two camps, right? There's the people yes. maybe more, but we've got yes. those that are like that, that law of attraction stuff is hoo-hoo. Yeah. Right. It's all woo. And, and then there's the people that embrace it and accept it. And then you have like the people in the middle that are like trying to dip their toes in both. Um, not quite sure. They don't want to surrender completely. Cause what if they're wrong and let me control, but like, what do you say to the people on the other side that are like, cause you're just like, come, no, seriously, like come, come over here. We have cookies. Right. It's beautiful. We can all right. 
thrive and survive and and live a full life like that's the that's that's the hardest part they but I tell you people see me they know there are people that knew me when I was like flat down on my face and they come to me and they say dear god I have watched you go straight up what are you doing and I say to them all the time it's the same thing I started to flow it with the universe and I know that that sounds woohoo and then I give you I give you some of the things that I've done like I really did like you have to reprogram your subconscious your subconscious has all that stuff in there that's that's against you you and it it doesn't you know you were raised up with it you don't know it it doesn't know it but it's it's just running your life and you have to reprogram it for success you know whatever it's programmed from now whatever is programmed with now if you're not happy with the results that's an indication that it needs to be reprogrammed if you're happy with the results you're good but if you're not happy with the results of what's where your life is right now, your 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 subconscious is responsible for it and it needs to be reprogrammed. And it's okay to stand up and say, I need something different. This isn't exactly. working for me. Like I, everybody, I give you permission, like give yourself right. permission to do it because it's okay right. no matter where you are no matter how long you've worked in whatever job or whatever situation you've been in, like it is okay to decide for yourself that you want something else. Exactly. That's where it came from for me. I just woke up and said, this is not what I want. I want something different. I want to live a abundant life. I always did. I just did. And because I wanted to live an abundant life, I decided to seek it Mm. and find out why I did not have it. And once I started doing that, I started getting answers. I said, why don't I have an abundant life? And it wasn't that I was around people that had an abundant life. So I was like, why do they have one? And I don't. That was not it. I I didn't have that thing. Mm. I just knew for me, I, I seek peace. And part of that is part of me having peace is me having a place in my in the world where I can heal and bless and care for people without stress, without lack, you know? And people come to me all the time as a coach and I like to be able to give to them freely from my saucer. Never give from your cup. Your cup is your sustenance. It belongs to you. Ooh. That is something I've never, ever heard before, but say that again, please. (laughs) You've got your, you've got your cup and your cup belongs to you. That is your sustenance, which means that you have to be an overflow to give to the planet. I'm an overflow. I have so much tea in my saucer and I feed the planet that I'm assigned to from my saucer, but my cup belongs to me. It's my sustenance and I have to have sustenance in order to give to those that I'm assigned to. Now, if you start giving from your cup, you will not have the nourishment you need to go in out there onto the planet and do what you're called to do. Never give from your cup. So you are not ready to give if you don't have overflow. Oh, oh my gosh. Like that right there is profound. I had to build myself up. But it makes total sense. Like sense, yes. Wow. Um that's abundance 101. Abundance 101. Yeah. Like I love that. I have I have to ask you though, like yes, taking you back to yes. the affirmations and Florence in the car and yeah. Did you have a moment where you were thinking to yourself as you're driving, like this is finally working. Like, what was that like when you realized it was paying off? I'll tell you when I knew, because going to that job every day was hell. It was absolute hell. You know, I mean, nurses work really, really hard. And some of those environments that we work in are, are counterintuitive to happiness. So I would listen to Florence in the car every day. And I would go to work and work would be all right. I would, 
I would say I have a wonderful work in a wonderful way and I do wonderful service for wonderful pay. I would say that mantra, that affirmation, and I would go in there and things would shift. I would not have these horrible, horrible days every day. It was nothing to just have a horrible day every day. That was just the norm. When I started coming into this knowledge and started doing these affirmations and started commanding my day and saying, no, today is going to be an amazing day. Miracles after miracles, wonders will never cease. That's what I got. I started just testing it out on little things. And the way my days would go, that was one of the things I wanted to shift. I'd like to have a good day at work, please. Please, could I have a good day at work? It's a third of your life. None of us should be going to a place which is a third of our lives and be miserable because it will take it. It will take you down at some point. Mm -hmm. None of us have the right to do that. We, we spend a third sleeping, a third working, and then a third having to do everything else. Please make that third that you go and work, make it good. Oh, oh my gosh. I've learned so much <laughs> in such a short time. I do want to ask this question though, before we wrap up, um, I have two more questions mm -hmm. for you. One, Absolutely. what do you say to the person, right? Like I can get affirmations online. Right. I can do this right. on my right. own. What, what do you say? Like, why do I need a coach to do this when, when it mm -hmm. seems like I can just listen to some affirmations and be done? Yeah. And I'm not saying that yeah, that's what I, you're saying at no. all, but. <laughs> oh, yes. No, 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 it's not. No. The reason why you need a coach is because you need somebody to help you dive deep into how you got here in the first place. Yep. That once, once you're on that trajectory, then you start to do the inner work. It, you really start to do the inner work from that place where you need to do the inner work because everybody's work, to your point, is different. Like the hoarder, their work is different. Just knowing you're a hoarder is going to be helpful, but you're a hoarder and you're a diehard hoarder, right? You're not going to be able to just let it go. And you're not going to know why you can't let it go. You need help with that. Mm. You need somebody to come alongside of you and teach you that once and, and, and help you to understand that and help you to understand how are you going to reprogram your brain? How's that going to work for you? What does that look like for you? Because everybody's journey is different so that's what I would say yes you can say affirmations and they're helpful but thing but um what I tell people even with affirmations is it's not what you you know they say you know um that um thoughts become things and that's not what I subscribe to it's feelings that become things feelings you have to feel the emotion of the affirmation so that's why they really have to hit home for you for them to work and we were taught that thoughts become things and it is very good to vision, right? Vision things. And I do vision things, but it does not come to pass until I can feel it with everything that's in me. That is the secret. Well, that's the emotions. And they're the hardest things to understand and harness for all of us. And that's the reason why we need help. Oh, everybody needs to work with you. Um, <laughs> how do people find you? I've got a website. I am charmin.com. I've got the Abundance Quest, the AbundanceQuest.net that they could purchase. But you can find me at my, on my website. You can send me a message. You know, I've got social media everywhere. <clears throat> but I am charming.com. You know, um, charm is the power to influence. And uh, so it's always a play on my my name, right? My mother named me Charmin. And um, over the years, I've morphed into charm because people call me that for short. And then I looked up the word and it said, charm is the power to influence. And that's actually what I've been doing my entire life. So the universe named me right. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. I am so excited for you, proud of you. Like you're doing amazing work. Um, Thank you so much. And like I said, this gives people so much hope and just hopefully some awareness and yes. we'll make sure that all the links are in the show notes. Um, Charm, thanks for coming on the show today. Absolutely. It has been a pleasure. I thank you so much for this forum. I'm proud of you for these podcasts, the power to pivot. 
because when I saw the title, I said, oh my God, that's what I did. I pivoted. You pivoted a lot and hard. So keep going. <laughs> Thank you, darling. You be well. You too. We're going to wrap up the way we do every episode, guys. You are never stuck. You are never lost and you are never, ever alone. At any given moment, you can use your power to pivot, make a new choice and start again. And I will talk with everyone on the next episode. Make sure you reach out to Charm online. We'll put everything in the notes. At any given moment, you have the power to choose a new path for your life. We hope these interviews inspire you to recognize your own personal power within. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miles, founder of March 4th Media Company, and I want you to remember that you are never stuck, you are never lost, and you are never, ever alone. At any given moment, you can use your power to pivot, make a new choice, and start again. And I so look forward to seeing you on the next episode where we share more inspiring stories of those who have made the choice to pivot in their own lives.